0: Train the <laughs> okay. Here we are. Hey, you know what? I uh, got another one of those uh, two-title things. What does your guy's title say out there?
1: People who are willing to hand over a godly
0: man. I just couldn't come up with a good one last night. And I changed it before um, before I went to bed. So this would be a subtitle maybe. When it seems like everyone is against you. Take your pick. Which one do you like?
1: That
0: one. Well, let me go ahead and run some outlines off on that with a different title. (laughs) (laughs) They they both work. We can can write. uh, What's that? Yeah, you can write that on there. When it seems like everyone is against you. Has that ever happened to you? (laughs) Well, of all the days of David, before he became king over Israel, we're just about at uh, where he has his darkest days. It doesn't seem to read into it too much whenever we probably could say that David's spirits are pretty low, very low. and It seems like Everybody in the nation is against him, even his own tribe of Judah. And not only that, but would you believe his parents? And if you've read ahead, you'd probably say, ah, where's that at? I didn't read that. Well, why, why did David leave his parents in Moab? Well, because, you see, one possible explanation here is found in Psalm 27. We know that he wanted them protected, but in Psalm 27, there's one verse there about his mother and father. So we probably ought to turn there. Does that get your interest? Mm-hmm. They turned against him. I kid you not. Psalm 27. Verse 10, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Now can you believe that? His whole, it seems like the whole nation is turning against him at this time. Of course Saul is. You've got the tribe of Judah, his own tribe, his own people. And here is his mother and father. Have you ever come across that verse? What? What? Intriguing, isn't it?
2: Okay, number 10. 10. 10? Okay, 10. I kept
0: For my father and my mother have forsaken me.
3: Okay, now King James says it differently. It's, I mean, completely different. Um, when, my, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up.
0: Yeah, they wanted to... They want to be a little kind there. But I think in most of your translations and out of the Hebrew, it's they forsook him. I know. um, It sounds a little better that way, you know. But, you know, if they ever, even my father and mother were to forsake me, God is still there. Now, that would make sense. And it could be, but I seem to favor what I think the original text is here of what happened. And if this be the case, if this be the case then, um, when did they do this? Well, probably at the very point or close to where we are at in our text here tonight. Um, not Maybe not exactly the same place, but it, it definitely could be. But do you remember Jesus when His brothers and sisters, even his own mother, you know, kind of they were really doubting him. And crazy. things were going pretty crazy and they thought that he was gonna get killed by the mob. Well, I think this could come into play here because you remember when they went to the cave of Abdullah what was that in the in the chapter before, I, I believe, something yes. like that. Was that in twenty one or tw- twenty two, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're in twenty three tonight. It seems like forever that we've been here on Tuesday nights, but we just missed one week, <laughs> and boy, was it different today compared to what it was a week ago <laughs> a few days like that, right? but even his lord the Lord's brother and sister's family, mother, what have you um kind of redu- rebuked him, you know, and what happened is that a lot of danger came on not only David, but his very loved ones, his family and friends, people around him. And it's like when things get really drastic, people begin to doubt somebody that maybe they've always held in in somewhat esteem before. But I believe David's family is probably virtually forced to go to David at the cave of Abdullam. Would would you want to go spend your time in in the cave? You know, day in and day out, and you know, that's not what they wanted to do. Of course, David didn't either, but uh, they could be resenting David. Um, Maybe they're holding him responsible for the suffering that maybe they're going through, and Other people are, and they're taken to one of the most remote, inaccessible places that you could go. I mean, this is not a a vacation that he's sent them on. You thought, well, that's really nice to bring, you know, the family down and such. But when you think about it, this is not the best of conditions at all. And to be rejected by the enemies, Philistines, or to be rejected by Saul is one thing. But to be rejected by the Tribe of Judah, and then rejected by your parents—that'd be a final blow, wouldn't it? So anyway, this is a psalm of David about trusting in God in Psalm 27, which you probably are familiar with quite a bit. But that's interesting that it would uh, be talking about his mother and father there, which you don't get too much about, especially his mother. You know, I think right. we brought that up, you know, and so it's. She's mentioned there. Actually mentioned. In addition, the arrival of Jonathan happens in this chapter, and that couldn't be at a better time, actually. He really needs some encouragement, David does. And and right in the middle of our chapter today, we will see that when Jonathan arrives and gives the encouragement that David really needs. Um, the first part of chapter 23 is account of David rescuing the people of Keilah and he left the safety of the dense forest out in the open he came to this Keilah area where he could be seen very easily and you know he could have been turned over to David or to Saul several times, but now he is going to learn that even the people that he's going to help, in having a victory over the Philistines, that those same people would be willing to hand him over to Saul. I find that very interesting, and so uh, and then you're going to have the Ziphites. And they don't have any threat from Saul even, but yet they go to Saul and they tell him where David is at. seems like everybody is just, you know, whenever he doesn't have a chance, kind of reminds me of people like Mitch McConnell. Some of the things that some of the other people in, in the conservative side have done with Trump. People who you would never have thought to done that. So, (laughs) anyway, things, what I'm trying to impress upon us are looking very dark. The Psalms that we read, you know, where David is at his most, I guess, loneliest time in the sense of, seems like uh, nothing is going right, everybody's against him, this would be pretty close to the peak, although it will continue on for a while, but um, his own kin, that's amazing. People are distancing themselves from him. And there's no one to whom David can turn to except God, really. He can trust in God. And Now, Jonathan is going to come along, and God, I believe, has had uh, this friend who happens to be the son of Saul to come and give him that encouragement he needs. So that's where we're at. Uh, On your outline, do I have point one up there? Does it say one? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Mine says three. (coughs) But there's a reason. I kind of copped what I had last time that I said I was going to do it in 20... Two, we were going to go into 23 and we didn't get there. Which was foolish on my part to even attempt it. And I found out I couldn't even attempt it. So that's why I have number three here. I'm glad you have number one and I did not change it. No,
2: you're going to feel good about yourself. Though, Does it right, say
0: David delivers good. Keilah? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Okay, so we need to pray. Who knows what else I'll find out on our differing sheets that we have here. Father, you are a great God, and you and you alone are the one that we can always count on. And Lord, at a time that David went through, it definitely illustrates to us that it seems like there is nothing that goes right for us. There's nobody that's backing us up. And yet, you, Lord, are the one there always. And you take care of us. And you know what? the next step is ahead. And this is why you're doing this. There's a reason, there's a purpose. There are many reasons and purposes that we never, ever see. And I'm sure David didn't see these. As he cried out to you, but he knew he could trust in you even though he didn't know what all was going on. And even when he did, it was like, what am I going to do now? And there you are. So help us to see again your loving care that you have for us always. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in chapter 23, the first 14 verses is going to be delivering Keilah. And that's a city fortified, has gates, and uh, David is going to have to save them. Actually, it's God, but David is used by God to do this. So we read, uh, verse 1, they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are plundering the threshing floors. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines, and deliver Keilah. But David's men said to him, Behold, we are afraid here in uh, Judah. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the ranks of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once more. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Keilah, and fought with the Philistines, and he led away their livestock and struck them with a great slaughter. Thus David delivered the inhabitants of Keilah. We'll stop there for a moment. David's servants come to David, tell him that Keilah is under attack. That's one of his own countrymen's towns. Philistines are attacking Actually, it's King Saul who should be there. That's why they wanted him as king, right? To defeat the Philistines, and so his responsibility is to do that. Instead, he's chasing down, killing Israelites. Do you remember that he he killed the priest and the people in the city of Nob, and all the families? So here we have here... uh, Saul is neglecting the duty that he should be doing, and they tell David about it. And, you know, David probably could have said, hey, I have my own problems here.
1: Yeah, go
0: get him. So he seeks divine guidance. He goes straight to God, which is, you know what? David is following the script now. When he needs God the most, where is he at his best? On his knees. Goes to the Lord, ask him. The Lord says, go attack the Philistines, deliver Keilah. You'll win. Okay, fine and well. You've got an army of what, 400 men? It's a ragtag group. And David's men are really uneasy about this. Well, wouldn't you? I mean, those are the guys that have all the technology. What do we have? We're nothing. There's not very many of us anyway. I said 400 men. Sorry about that. It's 600 men uh, because they were added. In chapter 23, 13, I believe it says, uh, David and his men, about 600 arose and departed from Keilah and they went wherever they could go. Uh, So you've got an army that's being added to. But uh, they don't feel too good about it. They're not really highly trained. Well,
2: they've been on the run too for a long time. they um, probably getting kind of weary.
0: Yeah. This is really hard to understand. You know, they had fled from Saul. Chapter 22, verse 2. They've been on the run. So, uh, David is assured, though, that they will get victory. He goes back to the Lord and asks Him again, in prayer, he inquired in verse 4, once more, the Lord said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. So he goes back and tells the guys, hey, here's what it is. God's going to do it. David believes it. So the men say, okay, right?
1: <laughs>
0: they win. Uh, just demonstrably. I mean, they didn't have any trouble at all. They won great victory. And they get Philistines' livestock out of the deal. And you know what? A week ago, they were starving to death, and now they've got T-bone steaks from the Philistine <laughs> cattle. <laughs> Eating high on the cattle. <laughs> so you got to like that. It's part of God's plan, isn't it? They need to be taken care of. So, uh, Saul now gets information. It um, says in verse 6, uh came about when Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, that he came down with an ephod in his hand. When it was told Saul that David had come to Keilah, Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand. Well, how... Spiritual Saul is now, isn't it? God delivered him into my hand. Mm. Yeah, right. For he shut himself in by entering a city with double gates and bars. He'll never get out. So Saul summoned all the people for war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. Now David knew that Saul was plotting evil against him, so he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard for certain that Saul is seeking to come to Keilah to destroy the city on my account. To destroy the city? Why wasn't he the one protecting it from the Philistines in the first place? Exactly. He's making no sense. Sound familiar? <laughs> That whole deal with uh, Texas and all the, what you know, the kind of new energy that we're getting—you know, they have all the oil down there—and I'm going. That's that
2: place ought to have energy. You would,
0: yeah. How does this happen? And everybody else is asking that. They have the refineries, but they don't have the power plants. Right. Why not? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, What's know. their there's, problem? There's a lot of states that since they've closed down all the coal fire. South Carolina has no power plants in the entire state.
3: What would
0: happen with all the states when you take out what they, what we've always known as having the energy, and you go to what, wind and sun, sun and that's all you're relying on? Mm-hmm. Oh, we we got a good glimpse of that, didn't we? That's just absolute nonsense. And using that
2: to wake some people up, For I mean, <clears throat> well,
0: those that can not be woken up. <laughs> You should
1: hear what they say. I don't
0: because they are praying They'll always come up with something else. Stop. Will the men of Keilah surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down, just as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant, and the Lord said, he will come down. Now David asked him one thing. What is an ephod? That is that... Okay, you know, on the uh, the priest yeah. would always wear the, and this would be you know, on the ephod. You would be, be able to get the your prayers answered if you really had to inquire of the Lord. You have the priest, and that's why the priest here, Abiathar, which is the only one left out of all of Eli's clan, right? God just kept him alive, and so now there he comes, and he attends to David all throughout the time that he's being chased, and then throughout the time that he is is king. And so that's what they would use to inquire of the Lord.
1: That's a, a vest, like a garment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> With cool rocks in it. <laughs>
0: well, and they would use the, the, the lots, you know, like Urim and, and Thummim. And they were in the priestly ephod. That, uh, what would you call it? A vestment or... A, over him anyway. That's what he would be carrying, and so he brought that to David, and so that's how you would when you have a priest.
2: Like?
0: I can't quite see it, but I think I've got an idea of what that is. Yeah, did you get a good picture?
2: Is it is it this thing? Well, the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, you got see it? you got the lots and such that they will they will do and they will carry out for for the, uh, the answer. So, it's interesting.
1: David,
0: David asks him one thing. And he says, is he going to come here? And what does God say? He just answers what David asked. Yeah, he will come down.
2: So how do you think... I'm just I trying to imagine this. So did the Lord talk to David verbally the way he talked to Moses?
0: No, I don't think so. I think he's talking through, uh, of course, he was inspired to write all the Psalms that he did and and such. So and he, he is close to God, but it's kind of like um, the spirit in, in the Spirit of God in him. In him that he's able to get you know, senses that God is there. And then when it comes to something like this, and also to convince those six other men what they are to, are to do, um, it really helps to have the backing of the priest. <laughs> and to make sure that you're not jumping ahead. So he's praying, and then the priest is there to verify. And it's interesting, David said, okay, then, okay, you give me the answer that he's going to come down will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? Hmm. And the Lord said, Thanks. they will surrender you. Now, isn't that interesting? You,
2: just, you were just saved by the man you're going to now. Early. Yeah, but then they're gone, but now you brought all this on too. Protect oh, yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. David asked one thing. God answers him. Yeah, he's coming down. Then David said, oh, okay. And I think with David's wisdom, maybe some insight coming his way. Um, like well, to the
2: people before. I don't
0: want yeah, to are they people. going to turn me over? Yeah. Right? To
2: save their own skins.
0: Exactly. Right.
2: It's like they really did. Because saul to do what he did before when he yeah. killed all the priests. Yeah.
0: So, so David gets the answer. Uh, we're not sticking around here, guys. We'll defeat the Philistines, but we're not taking on Saul and our Israelite brothers here in this. So David and his men, about 600, arose, departed from Keilah, and they went wherever they could go. (laughs) Wherever they could go. When it was told Saul that David had escaped from Keilah, he gave up the pursuit. David stayed in the wilderness and the strongholds and remained in the hill country in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. Well, you know, Saul left, but he didn't stop with that. He later comes back, but, you know, if he doesn't know where he's at out in that wilderness, how are you ever going to find David, even those 600 men? Have you ever seen the desert pictures, videos of where he's at? You know, like in Getty area, where he's going to be at next, where this ends. But all down there, around the uh, the Dead Sea area, there's just nothing out there. But there are caves, rocks, <laughs> mountains, just everywhere. Okay,
1: but just like just like last time, Saul's hunting all over the place for him, can't find him anywhere. Jonathan walked right
0: up to him. Now you're jumping ahead. (laughs) No, that's exactly right. That's right. Saul can't find him, but... Jonathan Jonathan does. That's exactly, exactly right. You know what's interesting here? There's something about God that's interesting. We already know it. But even the hypothetical, the hypothetical is put there. It didn't happen. But God said, yes, He's coming down, and yes, the people will turn you over. Now, did it happen? No. But God can see not only what's in the future that will happen, He also can see what could happen. Did you guys get that? That's a sovereign God. Because he knew what they were, they would do and were will, ready to do and willing to do.
1: I what would happen if David hadn't been smart enough to ask him that question?
0: <laughs> I think the Lord led him to ask that. <laughs> Somehow. I know. I, I was asking that too. I was going, yeah, what what would happen? That? then? Would, would he have been caught? Well, evidently well, it's God's will that he gets out of there. Or he might have so, had something else. Maybe another something God knows that one. Yeah. We don't. (laughs) But I think it's interesting that here it is. It's like a hypothetical situation. But actually, God knows all things that will be. He also knows all things that could be under a different set of circumstances. And it would be totally right. He knows what the future is holding. You know, under the differing circumstances. Well, that's so called the omniscience yeah, of God that's perfect. Not, he tells us not to sin and he says, Don't pursue after this, that won't be in
2: your favor. But sometimes we decide, well, maybe it ain't bad, and then we have consequences. And that's the same thing. David could have not have asked the Lord and went ahead and dealt with it as his own though too, and God would have let him suffer or something, but he would have still seen his will be done in it.
0: God has purposed that he suffer in this whole time. Mm-hmm. But yet he keeps delivering him in that situation. Did David do anything really bad to deserve all this? Uh, Not necessarily. But he is definitely pursuing the Lord. And you know when you read the Psalms, he had definite heart-to-heart talks with God. And that tells us that he was human as we are. And we ourselves have done that too.
2: See, you didn't ask God, well, God, you go ahead and you take care of these guys so I can sit here and be comfortable for a while. No, he got up and he left. I mean, because I said that's all things like, things like, we want God to take the circumstances away from us. He yep. does, not he tells us it's time to move or
0: change. or. This is all for the good, isn't it? Right. So, yeah, that's a perfectly good question that you the had there, Penny. The but it's penny. like, we, yeah, it's like, we don't know, do we? What what would have happened? But I can tell you, God would have delivered him. Looking
2: at the maps of the desert area, has anybody been to the Badlands up in
0: South Yeah. South yeah. Like. Would you like to go out there and try to hunt somebody down? <laughs> it's
1: just
2: <clears throat> lump after lump and gapping. And-
0: you could be within a couple of miles, and then there's so many holes and dens and caves and rocks to hide behind. You can take hundreds of people out there and not, not ever see them. But yeah, that's a pretty good sense of putting it. That's the Badlands of Israel. That's that's the Dakotas of Israel.
3: Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> what this picture reminds me of. It's pretty bad, no doubt about it. And so David doesn't have really any kind of comfort. But he has the comfort of God. Knowing that, okay, what God is saying is right. Guys, we got to go now. This, you know, sovereignty of God. Is a, but you know what? All along he knows that God has already appointed him to be the king to follow up Saul. So Saul can't kill him. No matter what, it will not happen. He believes God so David leaves the city goes to the wilderness his strongholds he finds there Uh, Saul's men they turn back and they go and then Keilah is spared David and his men are spared and we know at the same time they would have betrayed David David saved them and they were willing to turn him in to Saul I keep thinking what's going on and as we go through Samuel, how much do you see about our leadership now that we have, and how many people would do the same thing as the city of Keilah? They do it all the time. Right? Uh, or other people who turn him in as the Ziphites here.
2: Can I ask a question? How come, I can't remember, how come David did not ever try to turn on Saul? Was there
0: something until mm. told not to do that? or? I yeah, he said it. that... Uh, um, I cannot. Well, he I couldn't mean, turn against. He could not touch God's God, anointing. Yeah, anointed,
2: and that's what even he though still he's no longer wasn't told God. God's that, God, that. He, he, he understood. understood that. He understood yeah. that. Yeah, because I i That was respect. I mean, I knew David did for that. God
0: appointing yeah. him. Yeah. That's have to. That's how you have to admire David. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, the, as much as the attempts have been on his life. By this one man, why doesn't he just you know, get him back and, and then, you know, he could lead the people, you know, not but, but then
1: see he, David was tempted to I mean, and he, he was, was right, he could have killed Saul a number of times.
0: And we got one coming and, up, in chapter twenty four. Yeah,
1: and his men told him do it. And <laughs> he didn't you. do it. Yeah,
2: but there had to be.
1: I mean, after everything that he went through, there had to be some temptation to do it.
2: And that's why I was always like, going, did, was there a part that he, they, I don't remember that guy ever particularly just told David, you know, you're not going to touch him or something. Like that, but like David knew that. But where did he know that?
0: Well, he, he, I think that he, he knows God. He knows His character, and he knows that. um as long as he's not going to take somebody's life here that God has put in a position that is over all Israel, even though he's evil and wicked. That's a testament to uh, David, and it's also for Christians, because we are to love our enemies. This is over and beyond it, it seems like, doesn't it?
1: I mean, you know, if he had killed Saul... It would have been good for the whole country. Just saying.
0: But God <laughs> wasn't taking him yet, it though. The <laughs>
1: whole right? country would have been better off? Or what? Or what?
0: What does God really have in mind here, right? Yeah. Well, God He's would sure not deliver.
2: Yeah, <laughs> teaching more than one person some stuff here.
0: One thing for sure, though God would not deliver his future king. Into Saul's hand. It is not going to happen no matter what. So, when the whole world seems to be senseless and unpredictable, madmen have the power to carry out their wicked schemes as they do, you have suffering and death of the innocent. You can look through all throughout the Old Testament time period, whether it be the prophets, godly people, or you look through the New Testament. Um, When Jesus was here and the apostles, and then after that, all through church history, we see godly men being killed, persecuted, suffering in this world by people that make no sense. And God's plans and purposes are being accomplished even by the means of madmen. So that's why we have all the hope that we could ever need. And so it's like, Lord, are we supposed to take this lesson like this in the time that we live in? And am I just reading into it? It seems like every time I turn a page in here, I'm going, you know, this same kind of stuff is happening to us today. Or it could happen. And it's like, okay, is this preparing us Or is just something that we need to take note of, of how your plan works. And so we don't have to be in fear whatsoever. Just trusting in what God puts forth. Even though it makes no sense. This is insanity. What Saul has done, and now the whole nation has gotten weird. You know, all they have to do is turn on one man, the king, and he's afraid of everybody anyway. Why don't they just say we've had enough and just go get him? Well, maybe he had soldiers around. Maybe he had the national guard but around soldiers
1: him. Soldiers wouldn't do it
0: But about. I, yeah, yeah, there were times where he, he wanted. He told him to kill the priest. That's right. Do it? That's right. So the priest.
1: So the uh, lead of mine did it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> or even his own son. Jonathan. So anyway, what sense can we make of a man who robs a clerk of a couple of bucks and then shoots him, kills him? Or what sense do you have whenever you see uh, a teenager pull out an automatic weapon and kill 20 kids in a school? We hear that over and over. It just goes on and on. All the things that are, the murders that happen in all the cities that we can think of, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for it. David was in despair at this time, and there's chaos and violence going on, and God is in control. It, it's going down the way that he planned it. Now that's a big god isn't it Does that help give us a little bit of insight It's always been crazy insanity in the world God's in control You know it's uh, God used Saul in the most irrational moments to accomplish his purpose and his promises So we go to point 2 verse 15 23.15, what do we have? Now, David became aware what Saul that Saul had come out to seek his life while David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh. So David becomes aware. I don't want to stretch the word there, but he's definitely under the full weight. And he's under the pursuit of Saul. He knows he's coming. And everything is bearing down on him. The word could mean—I don't want to stretch it out. It—it could be that he is very fearful, you know, in a in a human sense. Here, Uh, doesn't have to be that meaning there, but it can be. Perhaps weary. At least that in, in in body and spirit. I think he's distressed. Can we safely say that? Of all he's gone through. Uh, And knowing here Saul is nearby and he has every full intent to kill him. I think he's got the biggest army he's ever put together chasing down David. While the Philistines keep threatening to come into their own land, he has one thing in mind. David. Uh, Proverbs about kings. What do you think about that? Let's go into Proverbs. Proverbs. Look, Look at this!
1: Russia, yeah. a, we we Trump. Trump.
0: <coughs> Enemies all around.
1: Yeah. And all we can talk about is <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, uh,
0: You know what? I think I had a miscopy copy here. No, I don't. No, I don't. You know, Psalms and then Proverbs, Dennis. That's how it works.
2: <laughs> Good to know that. It's
0: in the wrong book. Okay, here we go. In the light of a king's face is life and his favor is like a cloud with the spring rain. So kings can do good, can't they? They can make people feel secure and calm and assured. So, you know, in in life, uh, chapter 19, verse 12, the king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion but his favor is like dew on the grass could be one or the other you get an insane man and his wrath is like the roaring of a lion we talked about the roaring of a lion last sunday didn't we how how often in the bible does it talk about that that's just one of the most fearful sounds that you can imagine imagine being out in the woods at nighttime and then all of a sudden you hear a lion that's 10 feet away from you and then he growls and roars. Well, that's the wrath of a king who is insane. Chapter 20, verse 2. The terror of a king is like, look at this, the growling of a lion. He who provokes him to anger forfeits his own life. Chapter 28, 15. A lot of wisdom here, isn't it? Yep, yep, we agree. Like a roaring lion, there it is again. A roaring lion and a rushing bear. Now imagine, those are the, like the two greatest of the animals, right? The top of the food chain and such. Is a wicked ruler over a poor people takes advantage of them, devours them, eats them up alive. I'd
2: rather be the last one. They're going
0: to come
2: after at least pull them with a stick. They
0: get out anyway. (laughs) Ooh, what's the next verse? A leader who is a great oppressor lacks understanding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he who hates unjust gain will prolong his days. A lot of things in the Proverbs that are just everyday wisdom, no things there that are really surprised, but you know what, to the ones who are insane, everything is the opposite. Everything you believe, insane people, they don't know God and power has come to their heads, they think the exact opposite the way that you think. Okay, we go to point 3, back to the Samuel 23, verse 16. So David is aware of Saul coming, seeking him out again. And here we go, Penny. Mm -hmm. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David Horesh and encouraged him in God. Thus he said to him, Do not be afraid, because the hand of Saul, my father, will not find you. And you will be king over Israel, and I'll be next to you. And Saul, my father, knows that also. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and David stayed at Horesh while Jonathan went to his house. Saul may be looking for David, but Jonathan... Finds him. Yeah, and it's like
1: I in here. It's like, okay. and Jonathan rose and went to David and Horish. <laughs> okay. oh, right there. <laughs> How does he, How's he do that? For I'm he didn't ask people. anybody. He just how did went he... to David as well. I suspect somebody's feeding him information. <laughs> I would
0: you don't think so, yeah. That's what I'm thinking, too. He's asking the right people, and they trust him, too. They know the deal, don't they? Everybody knows about the covenant or how those two guys are friends. So that helps. And, and he's done internal. He's got to be concerned about David
3: all this time. So well, he's gonna want to hear anybody's got any news about him. he's gonna be seeking it out. I would think. I'm just, I'm just. A, um, you know, I think gangster, you're right on. But just human nature would say, if he cares that much about David, he's gonna want to know what's going
0: on. You betcha. And he, then, and he really does. And then
2: for Jonathan to go to go to David and to tell him, you know, you're doing the right. This is right. You know, yep. you're doing the right thing. Because that's that is Jonathan's father, we know he's had a little. Trouble before figuring out what he felt
0: about it. I am kind of wondering why he didn't join David's forces.
2: Yeah. It's kind of like I wonder it's kind of he of isn't a the spy that's telling David, getting stuff passed to David. Because he would be the one that knows most of what his father's thinking or doing or saying, and then he passes it on to David.
0: Well, it's definitely good to get the that encouragement that he got, wasn't it? And, yeah, you know, somehow he's getting news that he, his dad's, uh, you know, or Saul is coming down. David keeps getting that. So, yeah, is Jonathan out there kind of, uh, you know, moving on the, the communication? And,
3: and then at the beginning of 17 where it says, And he said unto him, Jonathan said unto David, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee. Yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, Jonathan's here. Well, if Jonathan can find me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or
3: is he in
2: confusion by other people to mess up Saul?
3: I'm just, I'm, I'm just thinking I mean, he's trying to reassure him. That.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I said said, But it's almost I kind of read it as though Jonathan's having something to misdirect his father, maybe though too. Mm, yeah, yeah, it
0: too. Yeah. yeah. Well, later, Saul uh, catches up with him, but. Jonathan comes, I think, at the most opportune time because so <laughs> you'll notice back in 15, David became aware. And it's more than just seeing it and, and knowing that it it's kind of wearing him down. Which, you know, he, he's human. But the encouragement really has to help. And in Proverbs, since we were there earlier, it's Psalm 25.
2: Proverbs. Proverbs or Psalms?
0: Proverbs. Proverbs. Yeah, 25, 25. I just about turned to Psalms again.
2: You're really to go
0: in there, Yeah. 25, 25. Like apples of gold and settings of silver, is a word spoken in right circumstances. Twenty-five,
1: twenty-five. That's not
0: what I got. I, I verse eleven. Okay. Twenty-five, eleven. 25, 25 is
1: good too. Yeah. yeah, like, that one. <laughs> like
0: cold water to a weary soul. soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Good news. Good news. so is good from news from a distant land. Yeah. yeah, that's even better. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um, that tells a lot, right there, of what happened. David needed that. If you ever noticed where God does that too? You know, you can be downcast and despair, and then somebody just comes along and says the right thing. Sometimes they don't even know what they're saying. They're just saying something or, or listening, and and then somebody says, "Well, thank you for telling me that." And you go, "What?" And they go, "You know, they just leave." You know, oh, it's like they just changed. <laughs> now everything's all better. You know. So you've got don't be afraid. Saul will not succeed. Uh, what's confidence that Jonathan has? Where does it come from? God's Word, right? Yeah. Comes right from the Lord. God. Because He knows how it's supposed to end. This is going to end well.
2: He's reminding <laughs> me of the promises that were given to Him.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's right. So, And that's what we always have to remember. Oh, yeah. I forgot okay. about that. That's oh, thanks. Somebody that. brings a Scripture to you. <laughs> and you is. go and you think, well, there you know that verse. Okay. And all of a sudden it's like, it just speaks. God does that all the time. That's what the church is about. You know We need that. So first, encouragement comes at the right moment. The right words are said. Secondly, encouragement addresses fear and promotes courage, doesn't it? Encouragement produces the courage to act. Then biblical courage will also turn our eyes to the Lord. And fifthly, It's more than just mere words just saying it. But it comes from people who exemplify courage themselves. We can see what they've gone through. He was loyal. So many things here involved. It was like he came there. I don't know how long it was that he was there. Probably not very long at all. This is the last time the two are together. They will not be joined together. I don't think, at least from what I know of. And so that be the case, uh, there was one thing here that he wasn't prophesying, but he was just saying, I'll be by your side, you know. And he gets killed with his father. Jonathan does. I wonder what would have happened if he would have joined David's forces. I don't know. And maybe that's not where God wanted him to be. But uh, so Jonathan is like Barnabas. Of the New Testament, who did he encourage? Well everybody, but you remember Paul, who at one time, was not known by anybody? Matter of fact, nobody trusted him in Jerusalem. And who did Barnabas stick up for? right? He started out as the prominent one. Barnabas did. Guess who took over a prom, uh, prominent role? Paul did. But Barnabas joyfully accepted the role that was given him to do what he did. And he was his most loyal supporter. Even though they did uh, they did have a little disagreement, didn't they? Later on. Same spirit that's seen in Jonathan here, you also see in Barnabas. By the way, you know what Barnabas means, don't you? Son, bar, bar mitzvah, Bar, Barnabas is son of encouragement. so our last little section here is David's escape it's a narrow escape how in the world did he get out of this well you think everything's okay Jonathan comes and tells him it's going to be alright you're okay then Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah you might be wondering who are those guys we'll get to that in a moment Is David not hiding with us in the strongholds at Horesh on the hill of Akela, which is on the south of Jeshamon? Did you guys catch that? Now we've gotten specific where he's at. Now then, O king, come down according to all the desire of your soul to do so, and our part shall be to surrender him into the king's hand. There's some people that are actually saying it. They're willing to do it. Saul said, "...may you be blessed of the Lord." Well, how spiritual he is again. Using God's name in vain is really what is happening. You have had compassion on me. What about David? (laughs) Go now, make more sure, and investigate. They gave him every detail. He says, go back there, make sure that he's there. You know, he knows David's smart. (laughs) He's been hunting for a long time and has never been able to find him. He so says, you go back there and make sure where his hawk is and who have seen him there. For I am told that he is very cunning. He's been told that? <laughs> he knows it, doesn't he? So look and learn about all the hiding places where he hides himself and return to me with certainty. I thought they already were certain. And I will go with you and if he is in the land, I'll search him out among all the thousands of Judah. Then they arose, went to Ziph before Saul. David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the Arabah, to the south of Jeshimon. Mm-hmm. When Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David, and he came down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard it, he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon. Saul went on one side of the mountain, David and his men on the other side of the mountain, and David was hurrying to get away from Saul, for Saul and his men were surrounding David and his men to seize them. They're getting surrounded now. But a messenger came to Saul, saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have made a raid on the land. So Saul returned from pursuing David and went to meet the Philistines, therefore they called that place the Rock of Escape. David went up from there and stayed in the strongholds of Engedi. All right, Ziphites, who are they, the people of Ziph? They're the tribe of Judah. David is from the tribe of... These are his own people. Israelites are his own people. Now we get it down to his really own people. Relatives. In spite of this, they go to Saul. To Gibeah. And here we have, they're eager to win Saul's favor. They weren't asked to do this. They went to him and turned him in. Hey, you can get some kind of a reward. You can look good. Maybe when we have election time uh, in two years that people will remember me um, or at least they will and not go against me. me Maybe I'll get favors for the next couple of years. (laughs) (laughs) Or to avoid the wrath, right? If you associate with somebody... They've been no matter how good they've done. they're unpopular now, everybody just disperses. We live in the cancer cult- culture age now, and if you say one thing wrong in the way that is wrong on from the other side, you've lost your job, and actually everything that is about you, you're you you're done. Yeah, you <laughs> right.
1: What'd you say? Yeah. You get kicked off Twitter. Uh. <laughs> you yeah. never read was on Twitter, so don't, don't worry about that. So I don't care. That's right, <laughs> I don't have Twitter. <laughs> I, mean,
2: I, I really like your response to that. Some of the stuff that the guys that respond to you about things that you post, Audrey, you, you, really, you really say the right thing don't ever
1: respond
0: back they, uh, you give them truth what can they come back with <laughs>
2: well, they can call I, you I names watched. maybe you know, but. one of the neighbors and I reposted it and uh, we both got both got erased from Facebook so and was scripture
3: it was straight scripture like but you know you've been quoting scripture and stuff
0: just keep doing you it get, that's erased. the answer that's the answer. Great opportunity there. That's right. So, Saul has a false piety here. May you be blessed of the Lord. He's done that before. We saw that well while ago. What could sound more spiritual than that, right? Well, I'll tell you what. Again, I say that he's using God's name in vain. Because it's common, it's profane, he's using it out there because, and he's not being led by the Lord David is, and he knows it. That's why he's after him anyway. So it's a common and degrading way of putting it. May you be blessed of the Lord. Yeah, right. The Ziphites return to their land. They carry out Saul's orders. David has moved on a few miles further in the wilderness or desert of Maon. Uh, Saul and his men now appear, and Saul uh, and his men make way and go around the mountain. They're surrounding David and his men. And they are about to meet face to face. I mean, this you know is as I, close as it gets.
2: Have you ever tried to chase a squirrel around a tree? Or watch somebody chase a squirrel around a tree. Oh, please tell or me you haven't. Well, just watch it. I've watched <laughs> people like little kids try to see the squirrel and try to see it. So just and it's a dog. Pretty big <clears throat> dog, yeah, or dog or it. something like that. And that squirrel just... He just keeps slipping right around the other I side. of give it. not would the
1: money to watch you do that. Yeah, well, I, w- I wouldn't <laughs> even try. I wouldn't go and push. <laughs> anyway,
2: I wouldn't go and try. But yeah, it's funny because they sit there. Like I so said, there were three squirrels one day, and those little kids were trying to catch the squirrels. They just wanted to see the squirrel And they would just like inch around, and wherever those kids, it was just the funniest thing to watch because they never left the tree. It was like, oh, the no. trees. T-. They would just sit there, and they just keep And that's exactly what I thought about this. They just like they could just read when the next person was moving and they just always would be just out of their
0: eyesight. But this time, the attention is drawn away from the pursuer because there is no way out Out, of this one. They're trapped. Nothing. I mean, no way out. I mean, he's finished. David's finished. His men are finished. They're surrounded. Not a chance. And just suddenly, out of nowhere, a messenger cries out. (laughs) Real loudly, he's calling out to Saul, and we've come under attack by the Philistines. It was probably his own town. It's probably what? Who knows? You know, he didn't care about the other place, but this one, you know. Oh, we—they didn't have a choice. They've got to go back, take all their. They, he's probably got every man in the country with him. You know, there's nobody to fend back that way. Well, um, at the very point where there is no hope left. <laughs> we've got all the hope we ever need, right? David has but here. Um, seconds away from success is Saul. Yes. That sounds familiar, though.
3: you got two people who are supposed to be representing the same country fighting against each other. That division there. Exactly. And who comes in? Somebody from some other country. Mm-hmm. Comes in outside, takes advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're always
0: watching your Oh house yeah,
3: stand.
0: There you go, there's the Uh-oh. biblical answer. Yep,
2: <laughs>
0: That's right. That is exactly what uh, well, we can see that currently, can't we? So current. So um he has to go back down to the mountain soldiers, assemble to march out to confront the Philistine army. You know, God was in this in every way again. Suspense. It's so intense. Can you imagine? You would be shivering. They know they're God. And all of a sudden you hear this voice and they turn around and go, that's a miracle. God did this. He brought the Philistines on them, which they deserved. Their attack is God's means of delivering the anointed king, David. From the grasp of Saul, who would ever believe this?
2: <laughs> I've seen some stuff like that Like in State of Missouri at the time like Carnahan ran, and they were trying to destroy all the homeschooling stuff, and that's when all the flood stuff happened. They didn't have time; they had, that was their main thing was to shut down the homeschooling in Missouri, and it's mm-hmm. never been bothered since. But they were—that was their whole number one thing. They're going to get those homeschoolers out of the state of Missouri. They were going to shut us down. Yeah, they definitely they were, were after the Floods, the floods mm-hmm. came. Yeah, In Denver, Missouri. You ne- they had all that trouble. They didn't have time to worry about the little old homeschoolers and stuff like that. Sort of stuff like that. I because mean, they, they were—we did everything you are trying to do. And that was—they—they said that was their number one priority was to shut mm-hmm. those homeschoolers down. And, and that's uh, been how many years ago? 93?
0: I would say God intervenes. Mm-hmm. And here, he, you know, hostile attack against Israel means that God used that as a means for preserving the life of the next king. That's what that he did. That
1: would have been called the flood of
0: escape. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> there you go, the flood of escape. <laughs> and then we
2: got, and then we got uh, what's the other one who came in after him? I uh, can't
1: think of the conservative.
2: His wife. Well, the <laughs> conservative came in. Or was it after, <clears throat> had he been in there, Ashcroft? Yeah. Ashcroft.
0: Kar- Ashcroft was back in the 80s. He was
2: before Carnahan. And, yeah. So then, like Sister said, but Carnahan did, or um, Ashcroft did so much for the homeschoolers to keep the laws where they were doable, and then they came just uh, oh, just in spite, of, you know, just <laughs> to take stem. what they could be towards the homeschoolers. They were going to make it so hard that you couldn't homeschool in the state laws. And it all just went away, because everybody was slipping bullets at the time of what
0: they were <laughs>
2: About school. Yeah. And, and the books, books school. were out. Tray- books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. $800 for book. Yeah. So, but there was no, they were shutting on the walls down that if you, you had to test your kids at the public school, then they had to use their public school curriculum, then you were going to be the teen, then the homeschool parents had to take so many classes online. I mean, oh, they had it all just where. You, ha- you couldn't homeschool because you wouldn't have time to do it, time everything because Iowa and stuff like that have a lot of really strict stuff like that. I mean they were just they had it all mapped out exactly what they were gonna put us underneath the homeschool. And you couldn't, you know, you couldn't do any Christian stuff like that wouldn't be allowed, that wasn't gonna be acceptable in the curriculums, yeah. They had it all figured out. Was the
0: biggest.
2: Yeah. Right. But they never—it never got touched again after that. It was just so, yeah. We were just right in the bull's bullseye of their eyes, and just, yeah. God
0: South is Carolina, controlled in all of that. South Carolina's go
2: through that right now. They're mm-hmm. trying to shut down the homeschoolers.
0: Mm-hmm. They've always been a, a bed of homeschoolers there. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So, very the conservative people. Yeah. So in forty eight when you say escape, escape from the rock,
1: the rock of escape. The rock the rock of of escape. escape.
3: King James has the, I guess, Hebrew name, and when I read it, I was just waiting to hear you pronounce it. <laughs> okay, do it. Yeah, I don't know do it for it us. Selah <laughs> Hamalikov, and I thought, boy, is Hawaiian? I like that.
0: I'm <laughs> I glad actually, you have that.
3: <laughs> I say it's Selah Hamalikov.
0: Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> you you Sel- get the Hebrew ha-malikof. trophy for the night. <laughs>
3: Can you do us a Jewish song? Where
0: did we put that? <laughs> 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 well, well, yeah, but that might be... Yeah, yeah, So, anyway, do we believe this? We do, don't we?
1: <laughs>
0: you know, those who know God believe it. In fact, we should almost expect things like this to happen and God's resources are so infinite we need to see the way that God is doing it and we go, oh, that's even better than what I would have come up with. (laughs)